0: Hi there, this is Harry. Welcome back to Advanced English Lessons with Harry, where I try to help you to get a better understanding of the English language, to help you with your conversational skills, your business English skills, interview skills, whatever your goals are, we're here to help. And for those of you and your friends or family who want one-to-one lessons, well, you know what to do. Just... Get in touch www.englishlessonviaskype.com and you can apply for a free trial lesson. And we'd be very happy to hear from you and very happy to help you. In This particular lesson it's an advanced English lesson. We're talking at, talking about ways in which you can improve your speaking abilities. And here we're talking about telling someone how they are wrong, but politely, okay. So these are useful phrases to improve your everyday communication phrases for daily conversations. Okay, so the first one, I believe you may have misinterpreted that, or I believe you may have misunderstood that. So if somebody's got the directions wrong, so in the example, I believe you may have misunderstood the directions, you were supposed to apply the red paint before the blue paint, okay, but you did the blue paint before the red paint. So you've made a mistake. So I believe you may have misunderstood or misinterpreted the instructions or the directions on the tin, on the diagram, on whatever comes with the kit that you're trying to make up. And another way when we use misunderstand is the following way. I think there may have been a misunderstanding. So when we talk about a misunderstanding here, we're using it as a noun. When I say I think there may have been a misunderstanding. The phrase suggests that the mistake may have been due to a communication problem rather than the fault of the other person. So they just misunderstood. There's a misunderstanding based on language, perhaps based on what somebody thought they had heard. Okay. so. And when we say there may have been a misunderstanding, it could be about a meeting. So for example, I think there may have been a misunderstanding. The meeting was for today at two o'clock, not tomorrow at two o'clock. So we need to make sure that everybody is available. So there may have been a misunderstanding with the email or there may have been a misunderstanding over the, the, the phone or whatever this arrangement was made. But the meeting is today at two, not tomorrow at two. Okay, so there can be lots of misunderstandings like that. I'll give you an example. When I was in Italy once, and uh, I presented my passport to the hotel, and my date of birth is the 5th of July. So written in English, it's 05-07. Okay, now the day I arrived in Italy happened to be the 7th of May, okay, o seven o five. when I arrived back in the hotel that night, there was a cake and a small bottle of champagne on my bedside table. and I was really surprised as to what that was for. So there was a misunderstanding about the date and my date of birth, but they allowed me to keep the cake and the champagne. So everybody was happy. Okay, so a mis- there may have been a misunderstanding. Now, our next expression. Actually, it's more like, actually, it's more like, and when we use this, we're trying to just correct somebody, okay, so to give them more accurate information. So this phrase gently corrects the other person's statement without trying to embarrass or to offend somebody, okay. so. Actually, it's more like so if you're giving somebody directions and they said, oh, yeah, you can walk to the city and it'll take you 20 minutes. And you say, well, actually, it's more like 30 minutes than 20 minutes unless you're really running. Okay, so when we want to correct somebody, but we want to correct them uh, politely, then we say, well, actually, it's like it's more like this than the other. So we're not telling them, no, 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 you're wrong. We're doing it in a gentle way. Actually, it's more like. Next expression. I'm sorry, but I don't think that's quite right. Now, this is a little bit firmer. I'm sorry, but I don't think that's quite right. But again, it's about the intonation you put in your voice. You're not shouting or screaming. You're saying, well, I'm sorry, but. I don't think that's quite right. So you're trying to tell them that "Mm, I think there's a little mistake here. So this phrase acknowledges the other person's statement, while expressing disagreement with the facts. Okay, so for example, I'm sorry, but I don't think that's quite right. The store closes at nine o'clock, not 10 o'clock. Okay. So it's not quite right. Yes, it closes late, but not as late as you think. So it closes at nine o'clock, not 10 o'clock. So if you want to go there, you better go now. Okay. So I'm sorry, but I don't think that's quite right, meaning you've got the time a little bit wrong. Yeah, it closes late on a Thursday and Friday, but nine o'clock, not 10 o'clock. Next expression. I understand what you're saying. But, okay, so there's always a but in these statements. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. But so what comes after the but? I understand what you're saying is positive, okay, but is going to introduce that particular negative And it depends on how we say it as to how politely it will sound. So this phrase shows that you are listening to the other person's point of view, while gently correcting their error that they have made. Yeah, so I understand what you're saying, but so you show that you you have been listening and yes, you understand it, but and here comes the but which you're going to correct them for the mistake they've made. So let me give you an example. I understand what you're saying, but I think it's actually pronounced karaoke. Yeah, not karaoke. Yeah, it's karaoke. Yeah, not karaoke. It's karaoke. Okay. So yeah, I understand what you're saying. So I know what you want to do. You want to go to a karaoke bar, but it's pronounced karaoke, not karaoke. Yeah. Okay. So it's just correcting somebody gently and quietly and politely that they've got the pronunciation slightly wrong. Yeah. Now, when we were playing a game of trivial pursuits a few years ago. And there was a geography question. And one of our sons, I won't give his name, because he might be a bit embarrassed if he listens to this, but probably won't listen to it. But he instead of uh, when he was asked the the question about a country in South America, he came up with this answer, Yorugi. And I looked at him, I thought, Urugi, what is that? Some sort of pop band or something. In fact he meant Uruguay. So yes, so politely, but we did snigger a little bit, but we politely told him, Well, the pronunciation you got the right country, but the pronunciation is Uruguay, not Urugi. Okay, so if you haven't seen the word for a while, yes, you tried to pronounce it in a strange way, but the actual pronunciation was Uruguay. Okay? So I understand what you're saying, but the pronunciation is karaoke, not karaoke, or Uruguay, not uh, Urugi. Next one. It's my understanding that. It's my understanding that. Now here you're trying not to be dogmatic. Okay. So this phrase allows you to express your own perspective or your own view on something without invalidating or overly correcting the other person's opinion or point of view. So it's my understanding that. So you're doing it quite gently and politely. It's my understanding that. The report is due on Friday, not Thursday. So perhaps in a business meeting on a Tuesday or Wednesday, somebody says, okay, well, look, um, we'll get everything done and we'll have that report ready by close of business on Friday. And you say, well, look, just for some correction there, just to make sure that we understand it. It's my understanding that the report is actually due close of business Thursday, not Friday. Okay, so you're correcting people without embarrassing them in any way. And then the next one, perhaps we could double check the facts on that, perhaps we could double check the facts on that. Now, that literally means that when you ask somebody to double check, you've seen it, you've don't believe it. So you want somebody to check it again, just to make sure because it's really, really important. Okay, so When we use this phrase, it suggests that both parties should verify the information before assuming that one is right and one is wrong. So we could say perhaps we, yes, or emphasizing the we, perhaps we could double check the facts on that. So you want to make sure that you've got the right facts, no matter whether it's you or the other person that's right or wrong. You just want to make sure that what you've got is accurate and correct. So for example. Perhaps we could double check the facts on that before making a final decision. So it's all if you're going to make an important decision, it's really, really important that you double check the facts just in case you make the wrong decision or perhaps you don't need to make a decision at all. So if you've got the wrong information, you might make a bad decision and you need to double check it just to see whether the decision you're making is right or whether in fact you need to make a decision at all. So perhaps so, you know, you're not being dogmatic, perhaps we could double check the facts on that. Next expression is, I was under the impression that I was under the impression that so when we use this phrase or this expression. It's sort of a humble approach. So you're not being, again, overly uh, dogmatic. You're not trying to speak down to somebody. So you're being quite humble. I was under the impression that. So this phrase takes a humble approach and implies that the mistake may have been your own rather than that of the un- other person's. Okay, so you're effectively accepting responsibility. I was under the impression that. I may have missed something, but I was under the impression that the party was going to start at seven o'clock, not eight o'clock. Okay, so... Perhaps you were wrong, perhaps you misread the memo, perhaps somebody told you and you forgot, but you can say, Well, I was under the impression that the party was due to start at seven o'clock, not eight o'clock. So when we use this under the impression, it's a more humble way of accepting that perhaps you got something wrong rather than the other person. And the next ex- expression, if I'm not mistaken, it's actually okay, if I'm not mistaken, it's actually. Now here, this particular phrase suggests that there there may be a chance that you're wrong. Okay, if I'm not mistaken, but it still presents your opinion. If I'm not mistaken, so you're inviting somebody to correct you. If I'm not mistaken, it's actually okay. So let me give you an example. If I'm not mistaken, it's actually the second turn on the right, not the first. So you're trying to give somebody some directions as to how to get to the head office or how to get to the shopping centre or how to get to the restaurant, wherever it is. And so you're not quite sure, but you're almost certain. So you said, well, look, if I'm not mistaken, it's the second turning on the right, not the first, so you take the second turning on the right and you go down that street, you'll see the hotel or the restaurant. You can't miss it it's It's the biggest building on that corner or the bottom of that street. so if I'm not mistaken, it's actually the second turning on the right, not the first. If I'm not mistaken, his ber- birthday is actually next week, not the following week. I'm not mistaken, he's going on holidays tomorrow, not Monday. Okay, so all of these situations would give an indication where you think you're right, but you're leaving yourself open to be corrected, but in a polite way. I'm not sure that's accurate. This is our next expression. I'm not sure that's accurate. So this phrase expresses doubt in a polite way. So you, you're probably pretty sure that this is wrong. Okay, but you don't want to be too strong with the person. So it's expressing doubt, but in a a polite way, for example. I'm not sure that's accurate. From what I've heard, the concert starts at 7pm, not 8pm. I'm not sure that's accurate. I think we're going to get two extra days holiday, not one extra day holiday for the king's coronation or the burial of the president or whatever the particular date of celebration happens to be. So I'm not sure that's accurate. From what I've heard, the party or the concert starts at seven o'clock, not eight o'clock. The game kicks off at 7.45, not 8pm. So we need to be there in time, otherwise we'll miss the beginning of the game. And you know how I hate missing the beginning or the end of football games. So I'm not sure that's accurate. From what I've heard, the game starts at 7.45, not eight o'clock. I understand your point, but I think it's more like this. So here again, you're accepting that you understand what the person has to say, but you're going to correct them because you believe you've got Better or more accurate information. Okay, so I understand your point, but I think it's more accurate to say that we need to submit the report on Friday, not Thursday. I understand your point. So, yeah, you want to get it in as quickly as possible, but I think it's more accurate to say that we need to or we have to submit that report on Friday, not by Thursday. So, we have an extra day as we want to take that extra day to make sure the report is accurate. Okay, so I understand your point, but I think it's more like this. Yeah, I understand your point that we really have to get this product out to our customers in time for the summer. But in reality, you know, we really need to launch it at the middle of spring just to give them time to dress their windows, get the orders in. Because if we deliver it at the beginning of the summer, it'll take a few weeks for it to be noticed and we'll have missed half of the summer. I don't think that's quite correct. Could we look it up? I don't think that's quite correct. Could we look it up? So again, this phrase suggests that Both parties need to verify the information. You're not saying that it's absolutely wrong, but I don't think it's quite correct. So there's some doubt. Could we look it up means let's check it. I might be wrong. You might be right. You might be wrong. I might be right. So the phrase suggests that both parties should verify the information together, which can be helpful because it's a collaborative approach. And therefore, when you get the answer, you'll understand who is right and who is wrong. But it's more important to have the information correct. Okay, example. I'm not entirely sure about the information you gave me. I don't think it's quite correct. But I tell you what, let's look it up. And then we'll be absolutely sure. Okay, and if I'm wrong, I'll apologize. And if You're wrong. Well, then we'll just correct it and everything will work out okay. So I don't think that's quite correct. Could we look it up? I said the example is I'm not entirely sure about the information you've given me. I'm not sure it's quite correct. But I tell you what, why don't we look it up and then we'll know for sure. Okay. Now, the next one, a little bit more firm, a little firmer, okay, what you said is completely false. So you're not leaving much room for argument here when you say it's completely false. You're virtually certain that this is wrong, but you're trying to be as polite as possible. For As an example, what you said is completely false. The company never agreed to that price. You know, there's no way that the company would agree to that price. What you said is completely false. The company is in sound financial position. They've got a very strong cash flow. There's absolutely no question of this company going into liquidation. Okay, so you're being really, really strong, but firm, and you can be firm with these um, suggestions or recommendations or challenges, but you can be firm and be polite without being rude. What you said is completely false. So the word completely doesn't give you any room for error. It's completely false. Now, occasionally when we are using these words, we can be a little bit too polite, okay, and people don't understand whether we are angry or whether we are annoyed or whether we want them to check or not. So sometimes we have to be a little firmer, like that last expression, what you said is completely false. But there are also times when people can be really a little bit rude, you know, and for, for example, in in Ireland, somebody might say to you, I think you're talking through your arse. <laughs> so that doesn't leave much room for being polite. And it, it's really telling somebody that what they said is a load of ru- rubbish. Now, in England, they might say, I think you're talking through your bottom. Yeah. So that would be the Queen's English, a little less rude, but not so much. Yeah. So uh, there are ways in which you can be apt absolutely rude, you know, like, ah, it's a pile of horse shit, or it's bullshit, or it's rubbish. Yeah. So these don't give you any room for maneuver. There's no wiggle room in those. So whatever you say, it somebody's going to really know that you're annoyed or that you don't think much of their ideas. Whereas the other suggestions that I've given you, the other expressions are really to be polite. So you give the opportunity for the person to check it themselves, you're not indicating outright that they're wrong. So you're using expressions, oh, I was under the impression that, or oh, if I'm not mistaken, it's actually this, it's my understanding that so that indirect. And these are other ways to soften the blow. Very British English. I'm not sure that's accurate. Why don't we check it out or check it up? Okay, so just different expressions, how you can challenge somebody, how you can indicate that something may be wrong, but you're being as polite as you can possibly be. Okay, so what you need to do is these are difficult, okay, and they're not something you can just drop into your conversation quite quickly. So you need to practice them. So I would suggest picking two or three, see how you get on, use them in the odd email, use them if you have a contradiction with somebody in the in the office, there's something going around and you need to contradict them or you have some email banging back and forth or pinging across to you and back to somebody else. So just practice these sort of expressions, see what reaction you get, and make sure you can understand them and use them properly. And as always, if you need to write to me and get more information, then you can do so on www.englishlessonsviaskype.com. Very happy to hear from you. Very happy to include your suggestions in future lessons. And if you do like this particular lesson, then please like the video. And if you can, subscribe to the channel because it really, really helps. Okay, this is Harry thanking you for watching and listening. And remember, as always, join me for the next lesson.